This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. We are hyped. Not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but all the way until Monday. We're super hyped for this primetime taping of Kelly and Ramia. Uh, that's why we're not going to be here live on Monday with you all. You'll be hearing some repeats and other content, but we will be having an exciting time. And eventually, if you're not with us in the live audience, because those doors are closed now, uh, you will get to experience the timeline time, primetime special when it airs at a future date. But Kels, there's so much going on in the background. The energy is exciting. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. The people, as we were teasing Craig David about, who will be there, we're also planning to get some interviews with crowd that are going to be there and bring that to you before the special runs on AMI-TV later on uh, in December is the target. Um, it's something kind of new for us to, to get a chance to do, but we are very humbled by the response of those who are coming out. For those who are interested, we know some people got put on a waiting list or had to be turned back at the door. Um, maybe if we have the privilege of things go the way we hope they will. We know they will. Uh, when we do this again, those folks will get a chance to be a part of it. But uh, you will be a, a part of what we do when it airs finally, folks. On to other things. Oh, hold on a second. Hang on. I may have to make a change in this roundtable because our next guest, from my understanding, isn't going to show up Monday either. I was hoping he would accompany Beth and come on all the way out from Edmonton. Let's uh, bring on the roundtable, folks. Isn't it convenient that we have a round table? Well, it's actually oval. Just say it. The blind guy feels it now, goes, (laughs) I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. Content development specialist Jim Crisco, the oil man, joins us from Edmonton for this edition of the Roundtables. He's a a regular on it. He joins Ramya and I as we get discussing the different subjects that uh, we have. And I pull a few things to discuss and we settle on back and enjoy some conversation and opinion from these guys as we do this every Thursday and have since uh, the program was conceived. Jimmy, thanks for being with us. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. I just I love being on and uh, thank you for inviting me. I you know what? Um, Monday is going to be really exciting for you guys. I wish I was there, uh, but I'm excited yeah, to see. We what wish the, you were there the too. What happened? Well, you know they 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 didn't invite Say me. Say our grievances. <laughs> oh, okay. I I love this. They didn't invite me in a place with enough seats where AMI staff, as long as they don't try to get any of the prizes. Are you sure uh, you made it clear? You made it clear, and you're vocal about wanting to be here, or? That you had time? You didn't even suggest Melville have a meeting just to justify it? (laughs) You didn't say something about being like Beth's guide coming to Toronto or anything like that? All all very good ideas, but I I really am excited to see the finished product. Okay. So... Oh, yeah. oh, he doesn't, Very diplomatic of you. He doesn't it. want to Thanks. ruin it watching us fumble around <laughs> and make a mess of things and the crowd say, what the heck did we waste an afternoon for? Oh, is that it, Jimmy? Okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jim. <laughs> uh, I want to start with a bit of football, Jim. Today is Turkey Day down in the United States. Of course, best of the Thanksgiving to our listeners and viewers that are, are over, over there checking things out and enjoying their day. Hopefully some of you are listening along with the program on AMI-audio when you have time. Former New Orleans Saints tight end Boo Williams needs surgery, medicine, and doctors to make his pain subside. But, Jim, he can't afford any of it. Boo Williams, who is 44, was recently awarded $5,000 a month by the NFL's Disability Benefit Plan. 
But Williams tells the AP the plan and the league have repeatedly mishandled his claims and should really have been paid $500,000 or more over the past 14 years. I know I have to have surgery on my neck. I know I have to have surgery on my back. Um, I knew this years ago while I was playing. Over the past 30 years, the league has added millions of dollars to the plan for retired players with injuries they suffered while playing football or that emerged after their careers were over. But plaintiff's lawyers say the system is rigged against retirees. They point to a high rate of claim denials and say doctors assigned to examine players are paid by the NFL plan. I Norman Hall. So I always think about this, Ramya, in the context, before I get to you know, let Jim weigh in on this, uh, the context that we in sports see these people, these professionals, retire anywhere from 28 years old if they've had a mediocre career or whatever, or uh, God forbid injuries in any of the major sports I'm talking, uh, to up to maybe 40, 42 if they're lucky, maybe a little bit further. Um, but generally, that's not what happens. And unfortunately, a lot of people say, well, my knees can't take anymore, my mm. back. That's where they're getting the big bucks. Now, I'll jump back to you for a sec, Jim, as we get into this, because I also note that you could just retire and not be good with money. Um, Jim, on this particular to topic, you and I have heard about this, especially when we talked, they talked a lot about the head injuries and later on fatalities from people who were getting those hits to the head, who were having what felt like, you know, a, a car crash. They were in several, multiple times a football game. Yeah, you know what, for the for the players, especially from that era, because there wasn't the the concussion protocols that they have now. Uh, they weren't as aware of post concussion syndrome, so there's injuries like that, but many others that possibly weren't treated well or weren't identified early enough then. But it also is coupled with the fact that back in you know that era they may not have been paid like superstars either they were you know the the the, the big money in sports has started not that long ago i mean maybe 20 years ago but not not in, uh, incredibly long ago where they get paid a lot of money to be able to to retire early take care of themselves if there's health issues back in the day Maybe they didn't have that opportunity. They played longer than perhaps they should have. So it's kind of surprising when a league, especially a league that uh, that clearly you know is is a successful league like the NFL, the richest league in the world, exactly, that they're not stepping up a bit more and and taking care of of you know the players that sacrificed many years ago. So it's 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 odd to me. The story's odd. Yeah, I mean, mostly you'd think it would be hush money so people aren't rocking the negative boat. But, I mean, back in the day you're talking about, Jim, per, you know, concussion protocol was, how many fingers do I have up? Uh, two, one, you're half right, get back on the field. So <laughs> that's what nobody worried about. Um, Ramya, one of the other things that I've noted for through sports, particularly hockey, a lot of people get into it at 15. They start playing. They know they're going to end up on a on a junior A team that's going to pilot them into the NHL, maybe even at the age of 18 years old, like Wayne Gretzky did. Um, but one of the things that gets missing, obviously, is high school education. Mm. And one of the key components is how to handle your money. And we talk on this show about this with Ryan and so many people. God, yeah. And the disadvantage, because everybody stops when they're hearing a story like Boo Williams, 
Well, the guy made money, but he still should have had enough money any more than anybody else. Jim working oh, in Edmonton, seriously? being the oil man, he should have enough money to be able to pay for some of this himself and that, but not necessarily so if you don't know how to manage your money. It's just our ignorant general way of looking at things, right? Like, how could you blow off all your money and you had 12 years of a career and you make X millions of dollars and, oh, look at that, they've signed your contract again. I mean, but really, all of this stuff is not the only part of the picture. As you said, people are young. Um, people are also, you know, this kind of path is not as straight cut as we think it is. And right. uh, like, you know, you're sacrificing a lot as, as a professional athlete or entertainment or entertainer or anything for that ex um, matter. Um, when you're into in these kind of industries you're sacrificing a lot from a very young age and that includes you know typical parenting or typical schooling education as you said uh, and then your body like your wear and tear is most of the time unfathomable now obviously everyone's trying to reach for the ideal situation which is how long can i do this right how long can i really be in this career as long as my body will let me i guess but nobody thinks about or we don't often think about or are managed to think about these other things. Um, so when things come to a full stop, oftentimes people are not prepared. No. And I think on the closing thought on this, guys, um, Jim, we're going to see less understanding because we see and hear how much money these people make, just like actors, like you know, musicians and so on, um, you know, that are gifted, what they do. We sometimes have less understanding. How can they not have money? How can they be in this position, which takes away some of our empathy? Absolutely. And uh, you know what? I, I saw a breakdown uh, a few, uh, about a year ago, about the money that NHL players actually take home from their, uh, for, uh, on their contracts. And there is a large portion that goes to taxes, to support staff, to, you know, managers, agents, that type of thing. Um, they, they, they don't take home all their money either. So it's, no. you know, they, they probably aren't, not to say they don't make a lot of money, but they probably don't make as much as we think. Yeah, and medical is so expensive. Jim, let's, I'm curious of the temperature on an incident that happened over in Calgary and a misunderstanding and something that I think, Ramya, you coming from a Toronto vantage point may see, may wonder about how often, especially since we'll hear about a story and it disappears so quickly, we may not even know the resolution. Um, Calgary's police chief is apologizing to two brothers and their family after he says they were wrongly charged in a deadly shooting that happened last week. A 14-year-old boy had been charged with one count of first-degree murder and two counts of attempted murder, while his 18-year-old brother was charged with being an accessory after the fact. Calgary Police Chief Mark Newfeld says a community member came forward with a video that provided contradictory evidence. He says officers immediately notified the Crown Prosecution Service, which stayed the charges. He says he will arrange for an independent review to look into the arrest and the charges. The brothers were charged after a November 13th shooting in a Calgary Mall parking lot that left a 23-year-old man dead and two others injured. Lisa Laporte, the Canadian Press. Fedora's off to that person for coming forward with the video. Jim, what's the temperature of, of the situation there? I mean, Calgary, we know, has, we hear at this end, a little bit about the gangs and so on. It, it You know what, it's, it's, uh, 
I don't want to say it's a powder keg. It's not, but it is volatile. It, there is uh, a certain, as as you you put it, a certain temperature there. Um, there's frustration from people of all communities there because of some of the violence and some of the violence is creeping into, uh, you know, it's uh, gang gang related violence. If it's gang on gang, it can sometimes I wouldn't say go under the radar, but it doesn't impact public areas typically. But it seems like it's going in that direction now in some cities, including Edmonton, where these incidents are happening in malls, in parking lots, mm. uh, where where innocent bystanders are around. Now, it doesn't help when the police, you know, potentially get something wrong like this, that that can really alienate uh, a, a lot of people. So it's it's tough. It's tough, I think, to be a, a you know, a police officer these days, and it's tough to to be a citizen at times. Yeah. I was glad to see the police move on this. Now, Ramya, uh, being in school, things like that, the community out there, uh, any thoughts, any feelings as in Toronto, where I think a lot of people think gets the most attention about these kinds of things, negative or positive? Mm, yeah, it's very unfortunate to say, but you hear so much of it now, right, in so many scenarios and also such, like, high, bru brutally, like, I don't even know how to say it, but like high brutality scenarios, right? Like we're talking murders, we're talking one death, two injured. Like these aren't just, uh, you know, everyday news stories. But unfortunately, because we hear about them so often, you feel very desensitized. Like it's like scrolling through uh, headlines in a lot of these cases, unless of course it hits you in a different space, like it's your neighborhood or it's your, uh, uh, you know, you mentioning that Kelly, like it's your neighborhood, it's your school, it's your age group, it's your uh, minority, like um, your uh, people. So that kind of thing is what would grab your attention. But other than that, even hearing, you know, are is the uh, alleged um, accused uh, innocent or guilty or what's going on with the actual process in court during the trials, there's still not much that will make us turn our heads, which is really sad to mm -hmm. say. Well, and I think there's a lot, as Jim was saying, too, about these things moving into parking lots. If it doesn't, if it's a neighborhood, you think, oh, it's stuff for the people in that neighborhood to worry about it, not me. Oh, yeah, we're uh, so dismissive. Electric vehicle sales are expected in uh, 2023 to reach the 1 million mark in the United States. According to the research firm Atlas Public Policy, EV sales are expected to hit a record 9% of all passenger vehicles in the U.S. this year. That's between 1.3 and 1.4 million cars. But the U.S. is still lagging in EV sales behind China, Germany, and Norway. EV sales reached 33% of sales in China, 35% in Germany, and 90% in Norway for the first six months of 2023. That's according to Bloomberg NES. EV outlook, which includes battery electric vehicles and plug-in hybrid EVs in their figures. In those countries, there are ambitious government zero emissions targets, vehicle tax incentives, and subsidies. I'm Donna Water. Do you guys care about this at this point, Ramya? Yeah, I think so, especially when you do the comparison of how many other um, nations or you know places have picked up compared to us, that's kind of strange, no? I mean, we are oftentimes pat ourselves on the back for how uh, quickly we can get things done, how much information, how much talent, how much skill, how much time and money we're dedicating into projects like this. Jim? I agree. I I think what's happening with EVs, 
right now hybrid uh it's an option i believe up here um but for true for pure evs we still have canadian winters we have vast distances to drive there's some things that need to be overcome and they're they're working that direction so i think that that's what's probably sort of dampening some of the sales and some of the um the movement on on evs here those will be worked out eventually and then we'll be able to you know increase the number um but i could see i'd i'd like to know specifically what the hybrids are are at cuz i'm sure that that that's going up it gives you the opportunity right the option of of being uh ev in the city and let's say hybrid on 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 longer trips uh and wow. plus you know if you're in the cold you could have uh you could have the hybrid working I like it. I like what's going on that way. I like it because I think it tells us that sales are happening. People are interested. In Canada particular, we only, once we troubleshoot the problems, tend to be a reactive place. So if we're seeing our neighbors to the south, we're seeing in the European Union, other places dealing with it, getting it, we're going to move. Jimmy, thank you so much for being with us on the roundtable. We're sorry we're not seeing you Monday, but we will see you in December. Absolutely. Thank you uh, for having me and uh, knock them dead on Monday. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Jim. Appreciate it. Jim Crisco, a content development specialist out of our Edmonton office, joining us today on the roundtable. We're going to take a break, come back, and quickly wrap the show with you. Of course, we like to close it in some fun ways. Uh, plus, we have the teaser for the tomorrow's edition of Now with Dave Brown. Can't believe we're almost at Friday already. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.